Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming at you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is a show that is called the Blue Heaven Podcast. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as RealFRG on Twitter and Instagram. That gentleman right there is the legendary Douglas McCain, DMAC underscore LA, Twitter and Instagram. It's Friday. We're doing a show for some reason because we're just that dedicated to this Dodger team. How you doing, bud? We are. We're about this Dodgers life. The Dodgers are going to take on the D-backs for the 50th time for the last week. So <laughs> excited to see that and excited to play some different teams at some point. Giants on Monday. Yeah. Cannot come soon enough guys thanks for hanging out with us let us know in the comments wherever they may be for you where you're representing dodgers nation tonight uh leave an area code because zip codes are too long an area codes the, the the three that comes with your phone number don't leave your phone number don't leave your social security number we want zip codes in the stream and let us know what you want to talk about we got some ideas we got some general dodgers updates we got some injury things to kind of work through uh we want to talk about two probably two of the biggest topics that fans are talking about right now online max muncie dustin may so we'll talk about those guys later in the show and then something a little different to end things but let's get into a few comments to see what's going on here in the stream some people a little surprised to see us going live on friday same but we just we were feeling it friday it's all good <laughs> juice neros is going up on a friday <laughs> vegas 702 roy estrada yeah giants padres suck we agree with that for mm -hmm. sure nos rivals yeah DKM says, yo, yo, DMAC, Clint, what's going on? Anthony Keene, uh, it's not Monday, is it? It is not Monday. You don't have a case in the Mondays. We didn't have any lasagna, so can't be Monday. Uh, Noah's in the stream. He's also right there, and he says, let's goo, which is a classic uh, catchphrase of his uh, of his for sure. Deborah Young in the stream. Let's go, Dodgers. Bradley's checking in on YouTube. 541 is where Bradley is checking in at. Uh, Daniel says, already put money down on Dustin May winning the Cy Young. Heard it here first. The Cy That's, Young. That's bold. After two starts against the D-backs, you're feeling good. I mean, the reality so, is, after two games, he pretty much is a top five pitcher right now. I mean, .69 ERA. Giggity, giggity. Nice. <laughs> Nice. Emar checking in from 562. Hey, that's like sort of my hood, even though 562 is kind of wine. You remember back in the good old days when there was no 562 and we just had everybody was 3-0? Yeah, the 562 days, and then the 424 came out of nowhere. Yeah, get get your ish together, 424. You don't even non-existing ass. Well, so about the 213, <laughs> shout out to Warren G and Nate Dog and Snoop. Rap group, but anyway. <laughs> rap group. <laughs> see, did you see how the silence just made his brain break? <laughs> that 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 beat of silence. M Moyes or Moyes, probably getting it wrong. But you're from the 805. Appreciate you hanging out with us, Sean. Seven one four hanging out. Of course, Keen checking in from the three one zero. The good old three ten. Doom Sal. Before the All Star break, Dustin May, the number one pitcher for LA. Uh, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I do know. I was pretty high on, on D-May for our uh, just, I think it was the, the preseason roundtable we did, me, you, and Noah. Um, I have him leading the team in, in wins, probably not innings, but possibly ERA, and I think he's going to be uh, one of the best 
pitchers on this team. Like he's going to be the guy we look at by the end of the season. Who's like, wow, this is this is the dude. But we'll talk more D May later. Because I want to get D Max D May thoughts. Roy seven zero two. That's Las Vegas. Mister Dodger five six two. Chicken in from five six two. Imagine that the the username matches. There we go. Get through a couple of them. We got Emar Will Smith and D-Mac are even more twins this year. I don't know what you, did you mean by that. Both could win MVP. Is that what you're saying? Uh, we got Sylvia Nunez, 803 South Carolina in the house. Frank Garcia headed to Dodger Stadium East in Phoenix as we speak. Yeah, represent there. Pretty much quasi-Dodger Stadium down there. There was a little more Diamondbacks fans than we're used Home to opener. because it was opening yeah. day. We'll see. It's going to change very quickly. Can't believe they booed David Peralta. I mean, he what was that nice, about? He got a nice ovation before the game. He got that nice ovation in the first inning while he was on defense but yeah him uh him going up there and getting some of the boo birds you know whatever rivalry runs strong and and he signed with the dodgers as opposed to not signing with a big league team so i guess they could be mad at him yeah i mean stupid they're just mad i mean end up in a better situation right we got uh, who wants to see Will Smith get MVP. That's from DKM. Yeah, a little premature on a lot of this Will Smith MVP. Does to Cy Young talk. We're less than 1% through the season. But, yeah, great starts for two of the young, great Dodger up-and-coming players for sure. Do you know about the hottest of, of hot takes and the uh, most, what would you call that? Just, I don't know. What, what? Overdoing it. That's what we're about, you know. Just get in there as soon as you can. One start. The Hall of Fame career is right in doorstep for Dustin May. Exactly. I already got my tickets to Cooperstown for Will Smith and Dustin <laughs> May's Hall of Fame acceptance speeches. I can't wait to see their bust. Both will be wearing Dodger hats, so that's all that matters. But we got DKM. I want to see James Altman playing in the All-Star game. He's looking great. He has another guy that's gotten off to a great start. I think his pitch recognition, you see his walk rate is yeah. up. The strike rate has been pretty consistent. Last night, I see him. He had a little number down the left side there, the 83 miles per hour off the bat then he's also scorching balls so yeah james altman he has looked the part so far also defensively just effortless smooth great first step he's gonna help this team and i think he's here to stay there's no question about it i think the best way to describe him is a complete ball player right now getting started against the lefty tonight as well mad bum on the bump hopefully trace thompson gets his next series of hits because so far he is over not april fool's day i'm just saying wow i'm just saying Daniel says, I think we missed out on trading for Brian Reynolds. It's going to cost a King's ransom for him now. It was going to cost a King's ransom before the season. That was one of the limitations or one of the things um, restricting, I guess we can say, the Dodgers from going out and getting him. Also restricting him is, hey, they feel really confident about Miguel Vargas, about James Outman, about a Gavin Stone somewhere down the road. When he's healthy, Ryan Pepio, uh, Michael uh, Grove had a pretty decent start. Just, you know, he was sick and he still got four innings and, you know, it could have been better if uh, inherited runners didn't score. But give me right now, give me, I don't know, would you take Outman over uh, over Reynolds? I think I saw you tweet something about it. You'd still back the back the prospects brink truck up to go get him. No, I think when I look at James Alvin, I look at Brian Reynolds. I think what a lot of fans don't realize is that yes, he is a center fielder for the pirates. You have a cavernous outfield and he definitely makes things look easy out there, but really he really profiles as a corner outfielder. So I think right now, James Alvin, he's my center fielder for the future. If you could go out there and get a Brian Reynolds without having to give up a package that's similar to the Juan Soto like package, we're giving up pretty much the entire farm system. You're gutting the top part. You have three, you're 
top five prospects, things like that. I wouldn't be about that if I was the Dodgers. I definitely would not. I would avoid a move like that just because, look, the outfield depth looks solid for the Dodgers, especially when you have Jason Hayward. He hit the hardest ball this season. His ball he hit would have been the hardest ball this season for the Dodgers last year. Everything he's been hitting has been scorched. Also, defensively, he's above average. So I think outfield depth really isn't the problem right now. But if you needed to add another bat, there's just not a lot of infield options around. And I think if you would trade for a Brian Reynolds, you could stick him into left field and maybe take his next step in being a corner outfielder. But yeah, yeah the thing about Ryan, Brian Reynolds, though, too many years of team control. There's three years of team control and team control equals raising the prospect yeah. capital. And the Dodgers, yeah. they do not want to do that. And I also think, too, the Dodgers <laughs> aren't going to trade their pieces early in the game. And I also think that they're going to avoid making a move with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So Brian Reynolds is a guy that would he move the needle? Would he help this team tremendously? He would, but the offense really hasn't been the issue yeah. early on. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to address it in center field. Lead the National League in runs scored, one behind the the undefeated Tampa Bay Rays as of the time we were live or entering play today on Friday. Um, lead the NL and run differential. They're scoring. They're doing that thing they do. The Dodgers are doing that thing they do where they score in bunches. We talked about this on Monday, and it, it hasn't really changed so far this week. But, hey, you take you take the winning streak. Just keep it going. Um, but, yeah, it's not the offense. And, you know what, if, if Jason Hayward can keep doing what he's doing, which – um, we clock can very much strike midnight at any point. Keep doing what he's doing. We're going to be in an okay spot. And yeah, I agree with one of the things we're going to talk about in a little bit is you probably want to look more towards some infield help than than outfield help on the moment. Uh, at the moment, great comment here from Rumar Spencer on YouTube. Says y'all look pretty much like brothers. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, we didn't really. We didn't plan the <laughs> the ensemble here in the Navy. Helen. <laughs> There's nothing better than a bit of good, uh, a good, good bit of silence there. Soul Bro one five zero three checking in says, "Yo, what's going on, Chris Chavez or Chavez or Chavez or Chavez four zero five checking in." Sean says, uh, "The the Diamondbacks are just mad. We jumped in their pool. You guys remember that? Remember that ten years ago? Best day ever. Is it, uh, yeah, it is ten years ago now. Yeah, oof. Bang twenty thirteen. Every guy left from that team. The peak was the best. Just going." Whoosh, Clayton Kershaw, and he gets uh, he gets start number four hundred of his career tonight. Could win game number what is it one ninety nine? Yeah, one ninety eight. One ninety nine. It's a lot. It's a lot of wins. It's a lot of dubs for King Kersh for sure. Sometimes he had his issues down there in Arizona, but you're going against a familiar foe in Madison Bumgarner. I feel good. Coming off that start, six innings, had nine punch outs. His stuff is looking really good early on. So, yeah, he's looking healthy, and he's also trying to one-up Dustin May after last night. I think there's going to be a nice little competitive battle through all these starters because everyone's pitching so well, save for Michael Grove, who was good until he wasn't. But this this rotation is looking really, really solid early on. Yeah, the the, the starting pitching loves talking about, hey, the better uh, the, better the, the competition is going on, in the rotation, the better they end up. But we've seen that with like Grinky and Kirsch in the past. It's very fun uh, to do that. So appreciate the comments so far. We'll get into it. But let's get into some of the, the beefier topics we wanted to talk about. So this is the latest in Dodgers Nation, and that is brought to you by the Dodgers Nation app. Uh, there, it's new. It, it, it's new and improved. It is on your Android and Apple stores and all those kind of things that you can get to. Uh, all of our YouTube videos are on there. All of our podcasts are on the Dodgers Nation app. Just go search your your whatever. What do they call those? Your, your Play Store or whatever. Wherever you get your apps, we're gonna be on there. Download it. There's a schedule on there. I think we're working to eventually add some things where like you can get push notifications about the schedule if you want that sort of thing. So we're right there. 
and uh, it'd mean a whole lot to us if you went out and got the Dodgers Nation app. So let's talk about some injury updates. Hey, Miguel Vargas is back in the lineup finally. Missed uh, missed a few games. Got hit on the on the thumb. Had a little bit of an ouchie, but he's feeling good. It sounded like he could have pinch hit last night. He probably could have played on um, on Wednesday if there was a game. But they just want to be a little cautious with him. Miguel Rojas remains out of the lineup. He's still nursing that groin, and I know this this kind of leads us to one of one of the concerns we had. Heading into the season, and a concern that, that you kind of have right now, early in the season, is like as soon as you lose a Rojas, really, you, you know, you don't have a necessarily true shortstop. Yeah, CT's there. He's played a lot of short, hit and miss right now uh, with his defense. But the the depth is challenged on the infield. Yeah, no, the depth is like an above ground pull, especially for the infield. And then just think one pulled hamstring, one injury here, or there. You're looking at guys like Yanni Hernandez, guys like maybe Luke Williams. And yeah. in that situation, you're maybe going to have to look to DFA a guy down the line. We know the Dodgers don't want to do that. And look, I mean, you talk about Miguel Rojas. And Miguel Rojas, there's no doubt about his defensive ability. He's a top five shortstop with the glove. But father of time is undefeated. He's 34 years old, which in shortstops years is like 54 years old. So up there. that definitely is a concern I have. And look, early on this season, I mean, Doc even talked about it. they are going to veer on the side of caution. He could have already been back in the lineup if this were the postseason, if this were a meaningful series later in the year. But they realized that they need him for a different role than they anticipated. With the Gavin Lux injury, you need Rojas to get 80% of the reps at shortstop. But if someone does go down, it really, to me, it's like a Jenga tower. I mean, you just pull him out <laughs> and then the whole thing crumbles because really, really, I mean, what do you do? Do you have a Miguel Vargas? at second base who's still trying to prove himself at that position defensively before this season hadn't played in a single inning at the keystone before in his career and he's still trying to figure things out and then third base we're going to talk about that in a little bit it max muncie has been struggling yeah. freddie freeman is a rock at first there's no question about that but still i think this infield depth is a concern i mean chris taylor's made some pretty nice plays early on but still, you want to maintain his versatility for some outfield spots That's if fair. some other guys go down. So I think that if you're looking at teams out there, if you're looking at potential options, the Willie Adamas, the Tim Anderson types, I think if those names become available, I think that you definitely consider moving away some of these prospects. Because I think another domino in all this is Dustin May and the start that he's had. And the fact that you are going to try to bring up a Gavin Stone this season, you are going to try to give Ryan Pepio an opportunity. I know where if, you're going with this. If, there's an, <laughs> if you trade Tony Gonsolin with his stock where it is, you trade some big league ready talent, maybe you could make a deal for a top-level infielder that can help this team right now in a package that doesn't include a Diego Cartaya or a Bobby Miller. Maybe you could part ways with a Dalton <laughs> Russian type or a Michael Bush type and include yeah. some big league ready talent. So there are some options out there, and I do think that I'm very intrigued by the idea of adding to this infield another thing too you mentioned you know a few of those guys uh mainly on the pit starting pitching side of things it's uh, as at very early seven games in yeah uh or through seven games as of right now um it doesn't seem at the moment like there will be need to be a trade for a starting pitcher at the deadline. So you don't need to go and send some of those assets away to get a Corbin Burns, which you've been on the Corbin Burns marching and chowder society for a long time. And yeah, uh, clearly with his nine and a half ERA, he wants the hell out of Milwaukee. He's doing that just for me. Yeah. yeah. Lowering his trade value. Fan. No, for yeah. sure. Friend of the show. Uh, but yeah, you are able to use those guys. I think we can say without a doubt, Michael Bush is going to be traded. 
some point this year he's going to be part of some sort of deal because the kid needs to play and he has nowhere to play in L.A. The only thing that could get him time, and I, I don't even want to put it in the ethos, but I'm going to, is a Freddie Freeman injury. It's the only way we're going to see Michael Bush. Uh, yeah, he's trying to play some third base you're not going to see him playing third base as a big leaguer but um yeah you're able to to have a little bit more i guess we could say prospect uh optionality in terms of who you can move and who you can trade for i i would uh, honestly argue a tim anderson becoming available is more likely than a willie adnamis becoming available just because it feels like and it sounds like milwaukee really wants to build around him and and uh do something with that dude that dude as they call him oh yeah i absolutely agree with that i've been watching the white Sox games like a hawk they're three and five to start the year and tim anderson makes a lot of sense for the dodgers because one he can't play that shortstop position but two he has that really team friendly club option for next year that you know you're going to pick up around 14 million dollars and let's say they trade for tim anderson the first thing i would do clint i'd move mookie bets down the lineup have him more as a run producer mookie bets has been below average on the base paths as a speed guy he's not that mm. at this point in his career and yeah. you put tim anderson in the leadoff spot a guy that has better bat to ball skills a guy that can hit for more singles and give a different dynamic to this offense and then next year when gavin lux returned what do we see tim anderson do at the wbc he was playing second base so if you want to have gavin lux at short you can have tim anderson at second and if you don't want to pick up max muncie's club option you throw miguel vargas at third base so there are some options i love the idea of the dodgers trading for tim anderson on top of everything he brings from the batter's box i think he also brings those intangible qualities that passion that fire he's one of the more popular players yeah. in the league and yeah this white Sox team it's fool's gold they're <laughs> pretending that they're going to contend they're not going to be able to contend in yeah. the nl in the al central another, another positive note on on uh, ta is you go and look at his twitter and he went he was he was trash talking and clowning on logan webb so he's ready for that dodgers giants rivalry uh looking forward to that calling logan webb what do you call him big head something yeah. like that oh uh, that's that's delicious right Ex there. Yeah, yeah. He's already a Dodger, man. Yeah, built, born uh, born bred for that. Uh, Emar says, I keep getting jelly. Trey Turner left us, wishing Rojas a speedy recovery. Hey, Trey Turner's having a good start to a season, but we've talked about it. You've said it a number of times. He did not want to be in L.A. It was that obvious, and it's not so much about not wanting to be in L.A. He wanted to be closer to his family, which makes sense. If you can get all of that money in your pocket and still play in a better situation for your future and what you prefer to do is be around your family, you know. We know Doug, he says he doesn't care about his friends and family. He cares about you guys. Uh, Context. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You guys are my friends and family. Now I love my friends and my family. Uh, yeah, he, he was forced to say that. He's here so he doesn't get fined. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Trey didn't want to be here, and that's kind of the reality of it. Not not so much he didn't want to be here. He wanted to be there more. Uh, Maddie Man 5 Dodge says, oh, I want a crazy idea. How about Mookie Betts at short? Absolutely not. I think Absolutely Mookie Betts, not. he has the athletic ability to play shortstop, but I already have an issue with Mookie Betts playing second because to me, when I see Mookie Betts, like I was telling you before the show, it feels like I'm watching Final Destination and he's <laughs> avoiding all these injuries. First, he runs into Jay Hay in the outfield. He hurt his knee, hurt his ankle. I mean, there were some questions about that. It's like one play, though. But still, he has been fragile. I mean, look, he, he had to get the yeah. hip shot just to be able to come back a few years That's... ago. And this is your $365 million man. You 
you need him in the lineup. You can't have him banged up. And also, there's this other thing, too. He's a six-time award, Gold Glove Award-winning right fielder, okay? That's a premium position. He locks down that right field spot. And I think, too, the shortstop position, it takes a lot out of you physically. And Mookie, his biggest value that he brings is what he can do with the bat and at the plate. I mean, we're talking about a guy who should be at 140 WRC+, plus, 40% above league average. The power has surged in recent years. That is where the money is with Mookie Betts, not as a shortstop. It's an interesting idea. I heard uh, our friend Vincent Simperio tweeting this a few weeks ago. It's an interesting idea, but for me, I think the organization realizes that at this point, with the restriction on the shift, you need a defensive-minded shortstop or just someone that can withstand the wear and tear of that yeah. position. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Miguel Rojas not showing so much he could withstand the wear and tear apparently at age 34. I, I, I you know what? It's funny. I don't mind. Uh, or how can I read? I want to. I want to change the way I'm going to angle this. I think it's funny the the grief that Mookie gets about playing second, but also um, like the way people talk. I say, wow, he could play second base. It's like, bro, we watched uh, Kike Hernandez go and play elite level defense all around the field for five years. And people are like, look at Mookie Betts. He's doing something that's never been done sometimes. I mean, I guess if you're watching like a crappy ESPN broadcast or something like where they know nothing about the team. So anyways, I think it's kind of funny. I think he's fine at second, and I think the more he plays there, he looks good at times. But, um, you know, you also mentioned Mookie kind of slowing down. That's going to get worse and worse in, in right field. You're, you're going to flash forward about five or six years. He's going to possibly be your starting second baseman. I mean, look, if you look at there's a big difference between outfield speed versus speed on the base pass, right? And we yeah. know that Mookie, he's going to be able to, I mean, you also consider his arm, him throwing out guys, outfield assists, yeah. already has two outfield assists on the season. And yeah, I'm just concerned that, yeah, there's all this fun novelty about Mookie at 2B. And yes, he does make some athletic plays. I think he makes the turn really well. You see him turn double plays. So I'm confident that he can play that position. And look, pretty much guys you know all great baseball players if you were good in little league what position did you play you played shortstop That's right fair. all great players came up as Not a me. shortstop but i didn't play little league oh you didn't okay. <laughs> i was gonna say yeah you know producer every, cody on the stream everyone's every kid's dream is to play shortstop for the dodgers this so, is true that's so. true that's true. You guys are denying Mookie of his dream to playing shortstop for the Dodgers. What the <laughs> hell, guys? Yeah, that's a great point, Cody. I think I do make a great point. Of course, that's a shout-out to Mr. Gavin Lux, who's off the crutches pretty uh, soon, making progress. I, I like seeing Gavin around the boys, man. Keep keep him relevant. Yeah, that's sure. what he wants to yeah. do. That's what Dave mentioned. Uh, a couple couple people in here talking about um, uh, Kiner Falafa. Oh, Falafa. Interesting. Uh, you guys want to hear more about 
uh, IKF and, and Doug's thoughts on that. Check it out on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Dodger Nation TV. Hit the bell, leave a like, leave a comment on every single video we've ever done that my face or his face is in. I just want to point some out. I saw some comments when I dropped that video. IKF, how can we have IKF? And what I say in the video, I said, the Dodgers, they're going to have outfield depth because this was before Outman or Hayward played. And I said they were going to be dudes they could count on. Dude. And I said that maybe Trace Thompson could be a guy that you could trade in. That's the issue I have is, look, you're, you're not bringing IKF to be a starting shortstop. You're bringing him in to play the role that Miguel Rojas was originally going to play. But, look, I've shifted gears to TA to LA anyway. So, look, Glaber <laughs> Torres, Dick Patton over on YouTube says Glaber Torres is on our fantasy team. <laughs> Adam 818, the dream is to play shortstop for the Yankees, not the Dodgers. Oh. Just saying. Y'all never forget when Corey Seager. I've never met a good Yankee shortstop. Yeah. Shout out Eric Ulo. <laughs> Shout out to the half Filipino Anthony Volpe. Oh, yeah, yeah. How's that kid doing? That is so random. Hey, we should start a new show called Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks. I think, yeah. I, I think it's going to be a real good show. All right, let's move on. We've, we've, we've killed time there. But anyways, we talked about the infield. Vargas is back. He's going to be fine. He's looked good. He's looked fun. The, 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 uh, the on-base machine, Miguel Vargas, you love him. Quick little uh, added notes, injury updates. Tony Gonsolin, he threw to hitters on Wednesday, uh, pitched live BP at Camelback Ranch. Dave seemed kind of like yeah you know he came out of it alive but he didn't look very good you got to figure this is the first time he's he's essentially restarting spring training right now he got two innings against the angels uh just over a month ago he was supposed to make his second start of the spring when he rolled his ankle uh we're they say if we see him at the end of april we'll be in a pretty good spot but uh you know he's gonna throw to hitters one more time i think he would have already gone out on a rehab assignment if he had a good um, he came out of that live BP well, but he didn't. So if it pushes into May, you're kind of okay. Uh, we haven't heard too much about Ryan Pepio. I'm assuming they say that we probably just got, uh, um, probably just got a, an update today from Dave, most likely, or we will soon enough if he hasn't talked yet. Um, you haven't heard anything from Pepio. It's an oblique thing now. So that's probably going to take a little bit longer. Just going to. To throw that out there, and those tend to fester. Those tend to be tricky injuries, but they said they caught it early with Pepio, so hopefully he can get back in. It's a big opportunity, especially when you see Dustin May having the success, and we know that there's other guys that could get some opportunities too. So Pepio, get back soon. We need him. Best friend, right there. Uh, all right, let's get into the big topics, but first we got to talk about uh, the 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 big, hugest, most important thing in all of Dodgers Nation. And that's uh, whatever we're talking about in this commercial. Are you a diehard Dodgers fan looking for in-depth analysis and coverage of your favorite team? Look no further. Our team of experts provides game recaps, player profiles, interviews, in-depth statistical analysis you're not going to find anywhere else. Don't miss a single play. Don't miss anything about your team. Follow us now, DodgersNation.com. Wait, wait, there's dot com. Yeah, huge, huge. But yeah, hey, the best way to support us, guys, we appreciate whenever people leave super chats in here, whenever people go and support us by buying some merch on gearup.la, downloading the app, all that kind of stuff. The best way, the absolute best way to support us, dodgersnation.com. Always the best way to support us. All right, so what are Dodgers fans talking about right now, DMAC? You know what they're talking about. They're talking about Maxwell Muncy, friend of the show. It pains us because he has become a pretty good friend of the show now, uh, having talked to him a couple of times. 
But uh, funny enough, more than the offense, the the defense at third, um, Max will tell you it hasn't been good. Our eyeballs will tell us it hasn't been good. Only, quote, only two errors, but uh, missing some plays, you know, I, I I agree with part of his excuse. One of the things he had mentioned on uh, a, a podcast, I can't remember which one it was, but he had said, um, you know, the the dirt at, at Dodger Stadium like hasn't really taken yet because of all the rain, which is a thing. But uh, I don't know. Give me give me your just initial Max Muncy thoughts. Uh, less about the offense, more about the D at third. Yeah, I think defensively, he's always had some limitations just because he's not the most agile defender. He's not going to cover a lot of ground. You see just the way his body's made up. He's just kind of a bigger dude out there. You're not going to see him making those nice Nolan Arenado like backhands on the Nolan line. Sure. And that's really what he struggles with. I mean, those just right down the line in left field. He's not going to see him make those highlight backhanded plays. I've been getting PTSD from that. Hassan Kim double in the NLDS and just kind of seeing that, yeah, sometimes he struggles with that, but also I think it's the instincts too. I mean, we saw him early on just not charging balls kind of on his heels a little bit, and he did make some nice plays yesterday. I mean, some hot shots kind of right to him, but yeah, definitely if you look at his outs above average, he's in the one percentile right now. He's a negative two DRS, whereas first base back in 2021, he was emerging as one of the best first base defenders in the league. So yeah, definitely is a cost for concern and he just does not look comfortable out there and he's just not making routine plays at times that we've seen third baseman make so yeah definitely he's a guy that he's gonna look at the tape he's gonna look at technique and look at ways that he can cover more ground and make more plays but yeah so far the early returns at Max Muncy as pretty much the everyday third baseman. Yesterday, last year, he became the everyday third yep. baseman towards the end. But this will really be the first year you're seeing from start to finish him as that everyday third baseman. And he has yet to really inspire much confidence there. It feels like uh, when when the, the, the calendar switched to regular season, maybe there was a bit of pressure he put on himself, which fully understandable. He came off a, a terrible 2022, even if he rebounded had a good final two months and all that. You know, we know the numbers were a lot better after the step back and everything, but I think he, he got in his head a little bit, um, had a really good spring, but when, when the, the games count, when the games mean something again, it, I could, I could see like the, Oh crap. Oh crap. Oh crap. You know, I could understand that side of it. Uh, and then one thing going against you and now you're like, okay, well now I need to try harder. And then, you know, after that, a ball comes up and clips you, clips you in the nuts and all of this kind of stuff. It just, uh, he talked about it yesterday, and I forgot the exact way he said it, but it was, you know, it's like one bad thing leading to another, pretty much. And that, that's the story of, of, of Mr. Max Muncy's season so far. Guys, give us your, your Max Muncy thoughts uh, uh, so far this season. Again, we're going to say we're going to throw the small sample size stamp of small sample size <laughs> on this one but uh, i know you had asked earlier this morning on our on our twitter uh, on a scale of one to ten what's your concern level with max muncie's defense and that's uh where, where the folks sounded off uh the most you're gonna get plenty of tens in there just because people love to you know exaggerate but um i don't know pretty mixed i don't know what you have in there i don't know if you, if you even have it open because we didn't necessarily talk about it but uh yeah, we got some uh, questions. We got some comments about Max Muncy, and DCAM says we should have kept Manny, but he's 11 years extended, would have been a good guy to keep. So it seems like, yeah, some people, they're not very happy with his defense. And, yeah, he definitely needs to turn it around. I mean, like I said, a 1% outs above average. The defense just has <clears> not been there. One thing that points that sticks out, 
with me from last night's game is ground ball to Chris Taylor, and Max Muncy's trying to go 20 feet in front of Chris Taylor kind of to get a ball from him. I'm like, hey, man, why don't you worry about the balls that are heading your way before you take Chris Taylor's yeah. balls out there? And try, I didn't mean to say that, but <laughs> um, out in front. But, yeah. yeah, I think Max Muncy, he definitely needs to figure things out defensively. It hasn't looked good early on. But, yeah, a lot of Dodger fans were freaking out yesterday on the postgame show. I mean, they were not happy. And you look at the rest of this infield and the fact that you haven't even had Miguel Rojas to really just establish himself. There's a lot of holes. And, yeah, it's just I think the Dodger fans are just not confident with his ability right now. I mean, yeah, just he really needs to step it up. Couple, uh, a couple of the comments on on the the tweet, uh, the the tweeter post as we call it, and then we'll get into your guys' comments who are actually here and hanging out with us and being live. Uh, Surge underscore. Uh, well, this is at three. Hold on, new numeric dyslexia here. At two three eleven underscore Surge says seven. The Dodgers are needing uh, going to need to address it soon. That being his defense. Jonathan says at this point in the season, most things are one or two. Can't judge it off of less than ten games, which is the small sample size uh, seal of small sample sizes. Uh, I like this one a little bit here. Jay says he should play second base. He's rating it as seven. He should play second. That's his best position, and and Vargas should be given a thought at uh, a shot at third, which is kind of like we can go back a few months into the offseason when all of the conversation about like, Oh, Miguel Vargas is going to be moving to second. That was kind of like, I, I think we had that thought internally too. It's like, why are they doing that? Well, if he's a natural third baseman, they say, and we've seen Muncie play probably outside of first his best defense at second. How come they just didn't keep it that way? What, what do you, what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the simple answer to that one is the restriction on the shift. You need to range That's your right. more athletic second baseman. And last year, if you look at some of the shifts they had with Max Muncie, he was in a great position each and every time. And even if when he was, you saw the game against the Phillies, what goes right at him and he boots it. So occasionally he's going to have a misplay. But yeah, I don't think that's the move. I think you look at third base, if he does struggle, I mean, offensively, we haven't even talked about his offensive struggles, if that's kind of bleeding into his defense, because sometimes those things are interchangeable. If Max Muncie got off to a hot start in the box at the plate and he was having success, I think he'd be playing with a little more confidence at the hot corner. But yeah, Miguel Vargas, he's a guy that can play third, but also you have Chris Taylor. So once Miguel Rojas gets healthy, Chris Taylor's already had a start he's already played at third this season so you can see more of that but really they're going to give him as long as he really needs to see how he can perform offensively because that really is the key to all this I mean him performing at third base is really contingent on him being able to produce at the plate but you just can't have him playing the quality of defense that he's playing right now I mean he shouldn't even have a D on his Dodgers jersey it should just say ogres or something like that because he has played with no D so yeah he definitely needs to step his game but you know I love you Max by the way I love me some Max Muncy yeah. and that's the thing Whenever he goes through a slump, whenever he struggles, he's one of the guys on this team that I know he's going to leave no stone unturned. He's going to be a gym rat, a cage junkie. He's going to get to the bottom yes. of why he's struggling. But I do think that a part of this has to do just with his makeup and just with the fact that you have, if Freddie Freeman wasn't on this team, if they didn't go out there and sign Freddie Freeman, and we know that Max Muncie, that offseason, he was doing all kinds of shows, and every time he was asked about Freddie Freeman, he was saying, oh, second base is my favorite position. I would love to move. It was for Freddie Freeman. But the reality is he was a really good first baseman. He would still really be good. there if it wasn't for Freddie. 100%. A um, couple of good comments here. I don't, I, I, I'll admit, I didn't listen to you earlier, so I don't know if you read any of these, but uh, Roy, I like this one from Roy. Uh, he says, ground ball hits straight at you, and you try to backhand it. Nothing to do with the dirt. Fair. And this is a bunt hit to third base, and deferring to the pitcher is Little League. A little harsh. Um, 
but I can understand the the fervor from a Dodger fan. That is what being a fanatic is about. Is about bringing the the spiciest hot takes you can. You know, we t- you talked to Max um, early at spring training, and I already kind of alluded to this, but he talked about the comfort level. He's been playing there a lot, played there most of last year, and he felt felt really good going into it. He played well enough during the spring, and I I, I do think it feels a lot to me like it was just that regular season switch and game one. You go 0 for 5 with 5 Ks, you're going to be in your head real quick. And some of those, yeah, him swinging over curveballs, that's on you. But some of those close close pitches, uh, you know, right on the paint, getting called strikes, um, that's just bad luck, and you got to move on get past it. So I think he will eventually be fine. Uh, Joel, Joel Valles, or Valles, I'm sure I'm saying it right, but I've decided to decree this as our Hornitos shot taker of the show so boom get your get yourself some delicious hornitos from our friend at hornitos but this is a shot taker of the show gang shot take of the show and this wow. is a real shot right here this is a spicy take joel joel if you will says lock up smith a long-term deal and move him to third base dfa chunky muncie not gonna dfa muncie but we have talked a little bit in the past about will Going to third, he has played a, a tiny bit of third base at AAA, or not at AAA, but at least in the minor leagues. Uh, the reality is this will not happen because Will is becoming a very good catcher in this game. Uh, some people are making shirts that are calling him the best catcher in baseball. Really? But thoughts on all of that? I mean, it does. Uh, it opens a door for a friend of the show, Diego Cartaya. Um, I, it's, 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 there's more of a likelihood that you would see... Diego Cartaya changed positions than Will Smith. Because Will Smith, he has made it known within the organization that he wants to be a catcher. And yes, when he was at Louisville, you did see some some third base, and he is capable of playing that position. But his value, you look at his 24 home runs that he hit last season, you think 24 home runs from a catcher, right? You don't think of 24 home runs from a third baseman. And that's clearly a part of his value. And I think he's already kind of entered the stratosphere of not just one of the best catchers in the league as far as a hitter, but also one of the best players. And I think you stay with kind of what works with Will Smith. And yes, I totally agree. I mean, I've done pretty much now three, four videos now talking about extending Will Smith and how much sense it makes. And you buy out three of those arbitration deal through those arbitration years, you save some on the back end, but that's just not the MO of this organization. They're not intent on doing that. They want to maintain that payroll flexibility. And also you have tons of guys coming up in the pipeline. You want to see if you can use, but yeah, Will Smith is not changing positions. I mean, at least not for now. I think he's also grown as a catcher too. If you look at the ERAs have improved across the board with Will Smith. I mean, pretty much have to squint now to see the ERA between Austin Barnes catching Kirsch and Will Smith catching Kirsch. He's improved as a game caller. I know some people critique his just on one knee kind of lackadaisical style, but that's just kind of, yeah, pretty much Jerry. And then also some of the Twitter hindsight hyenas, as I call them, but there are some people that kind of look back and kind of criticize whenever a play goes wrong. But yeah, Will Smith is going to remain at catcher, and I just don't think that's the answer right now is moving him to third base. Because yes, he is a quality bat, but also it's the complete package as a receiver and as a hitter. And look, I think he likes the legacy of being kind of that next Dodgers great catcher of kind of when you see the game as a catcher and you're used to working with pitchers, that really is your presence on the field. And you that's tough to give up is going from a catcher. You're really the quarterback out there. And to go to third base, I just don't see that at any point. Like if Diego Cartaya 
was just continues to rake. You saw him in Double A Tulsa, and he continues to say, "Hey, I'm just gonna just climb up these ranks." And at Triple A, I'm raking, and you say, "Hey, we can't keep this guy off the field." Then maybe you have a difficult decision to make. But yeah. I think that's more of a DH versus catcher conversation versus a catcher versus their basement conversation. That's fair, and that is how you make conversation happen. With a nice shot taker. Where are you at? Oh, look at that. Look at that. It's not going to work. It's too blurry, but boom. Thank you, Joel, for the fun comment. And I'm hearing something. Great comment. We got, we got now DJ producer That Fool Neil yes, sir, on the yes, board. Sir. What do you got, Noel? Hey, man. Shout out to Mr. Rasa. Oh, Mr. Rasa on the stream? 23. Let's he go. is donating $100. Why? And he said, I want to see <laughs> both of you taking one shot each. And his question is, what's going on with my boy, Vesia? Ooh. Ooh. Well, well it's, I don't want to open. It's a beautiful set piece. We will take a shot. We have take a shot. I think you have to. Me. I think you have to. Technically, I think we're legally not allowed to take a shot during during <laughs> the show. We, That's we, true. Yeah. We will. I promise you we will. Maybe we'll, we'll have to. FaceTime you know me later. No. We'll have to do it on our social media. There I think you go. That, there that's you what go. it is. So we'll stay tuned. Are we going to do it after this show? Oh God! Yeah, yeah. You know, nothing better than a little shot of hornitos before the drive home. That's a bad <laughs> idea. I, I, that's not going to happen. I didn't say that. Cut. Trim it. Cut it. Anyways, uh, what was the question again? It was uh, what's going on with my boy Vesia. Alex Vesia. He um, I don't I don't know if it's the pitch clock thing. He doesn't look. I mean, the whole bullpen doesn't look necessarily overly comfortable and I, I talked about him a little bit you and i talked before the show about talking about the bullpen again i think we talked you know had a decent discussion about it on monday and yeah sure it's been three games since then um i'm still worried about the lack of strikeouts from the bullpen they're giving up a lot of hits base runners are getting on maybe not so much walks but the stuff isn't there you know the the velo outside of of yancey deciding to come out and throw 97 or, or Bickford decided to come out and throw 97. Um, the velo is down I and mean, we're seeing uh, Phillips throwing 93 consistently right now, which is, which is pretty well low. And, and Vessi is down in his velo and he just, I don't know. To me, he looks like he's not, it's not the same guy right now. That's not, that's not uh Vessia case Vessia. Yeah, I think for starters, he looks uncomfortable out there on the mound. I think there is some adjusting to the new pitch clock rules, but really it's about the command. He's throwing 58% strikes this year. He's not landing that slider for strikes, and when he's not doing that, that fastball up in the zone is not going to play up, and that is the key to his success. He has to land that fastball up in the zone and work the corners, and you see him give up too many extra base hits and on those extra base hits it's when he's leaving it out over the heart of the plate so mm -hmm. yeah he's struggling with command he's not hitting his spots it's not looking as electric and as i mentioned on the post game show and as i have for quite some time now he had the eighth longest time in between pitches last season at 24.8 seconds so there is going to be an adjustment he looked me dead in the eye and told me it was going to be an adjustment to really adjust the new pitch clock rules at spring training i did see a little concern in his eyes i mean usually these guys are so good at just exuding confidence no matter what it is yeah. but he really did give me an honest answer and say it is going to be an adjustment but i will caution some doubters in the fact that he struggled last year during a stretch and then he was lights out for the yeah. remainder of the season then unfortunately his season didn't end well of course he gave up the hit to cronenworth there in the nlds but yeah just to answer your question in short one we will be doing a shot for you two it's the command not landing the slider and i think two one thing I want to point out, too, one of my things I noted yesterday was 
if he gives up a hit, you want to back up the catch. You want to back up third base. And after he gives up base hits, you can see it gets rattled a little bit. You still want to play the fundamentals. And yeah. last night, it almost cost him. And then also, too, it looked like there was a little cross-up with Will Smith last night. They weren't on the same page. So, yeah, they need Alex Vesey. If you want to dig deep into some of these bullpen issues, is they really don't have a established lefty this year so far. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it feels like nobody's established. It's still very early. They don't have a closer per se, even though Dave today said that for the most part, they're going to save those opportunities for Evan Phillips, which to the surprise of no one, um, uh, one of the notes from Dave yesterday after the game on Alex Vestia, he says, quote, I think Alex is searching right now. He had a great year for us last year. I trust him in big spots. So he's going to figure it out. First couple of outings of the season haven't been ideal, but He's going to figure it out. So, Dave, the perpetual, I'm going to be on your side. Uh, if he wasn't that guy, I probably wouldn't see Phil Bickford remaining on this roster after his season last year. But um, it, it's still very early. We're talking here. Seven games played as of the time we're speaking. Yeah, and also, too, people forget. I mean, yes, he was only able to get one out yesterday, but he did pitch a one inning against the Rockies. He had that clean inning, didn't give up a hit, and didn't have a walk. So, yeah, it's going to be a process for him, but you got to trust his stuff from an electric standpoint. I had people on the post-game show yesterday telling me they already wanted to see Victor Gonzalez get his opportunity. But, yeah, the reality for this bullpen is they need a lefty to really go out there and dominate, and he is the high-leverage lefty at the moment. You just need to see him sure up that command because, yeah, if you watch him that's really what he's been struggling with and if you guys want alex vesia to do well mash that like button that's yeah. how he's gonna do it don't mess you with vesia don't mess you with vesia appreciate the comments so far guys all right let's talk about the other thing uh what another one of the things dodger fans are talking about because i think we talked enough about max muncie um i'm pretty low on the concern scale right now he's gonna figure it out just give him time it's early in the season um if we're talking about this again in in three or four weeks then you start to raise some alarms. But Dustin May, the beast, as he's been known on the internet, one and zero could be two and zero if it wasn't for that bullpen. Uh, looking really, really good out there. He's he's not pitching for the strikeouts. He's pitching for contact. He's pitching for length in the game. He could have gone in pitched into the seventh inning uh last night if he really wanted to one of the things he talked about after the game because he came out after that lengthy um dodger offensive you know inning uh, what was it in the fifth inning or whatever it was he said one of the things he learned um was that he needs to stay more ready he he pulled kind of a rookie mistake and he didn't stay ready uh on the bench in between innings and then he didn't feel as as froggy as as crisp coming out of uh or coming back onto the mound so that that probably put him back a little bit but uh this is where it's another one very early but do we recalibrate as you said it recalibrate the expectations of uh, is this you know was this just just going to be like a guy going to be kind of like maybe the four four or five guy to is this a legitimate potential ace by the time we're looking at october I think it's absolutely fair to recalibrate those those expectations. I think he's dust him may. I think what you saw last night, he <laughs> continues to evolve, going from a thrower to a pitcher. And you mentioned pitching to contact, him trusting his stuff in the zone. And that really has been the difference. I mean, if you look at that strikeout rate, 19% strikeout rate. I mean, we saw him throw over 37% strikeout rate before he went was injured back in 2021. But the difference is, and we talked about this back when we were breaking down the season, is the key for Dustin May is working both 
both sides of the plate and changing the eye levels with that four seam fastball. And you're seeing him throw more four seam than two seam. And what that's allowing him to do, it's allowing him to miss bats. And it's not just that it's fast, it has spin and it has location. I mean, some of those pitches last night were just absolutely disgusting. I mean, just dotting 99 mile per hour fastballs on the corner. That cutter that he threw to Marte, I had to take a shower after. It made me feel so dirty. I mean, he was just so outstanding out there. And I definitely think when you look at his stuff, pure raw stuff, he takes a backseat to no one in this league. So to me, when you have elite stuff, there's no reason why you can't be an elite ace level pitcher. And I think he's a guy that you could see get Cy Young votes this season. I mean, we said back in November he was going to make the all-star team. Now I regret saying, hey, he should have made the, what a, the Cy Young award. So yeah, I think the big key for him is learning from each and every start. If you look at two, his the repeatability of his delivery. I was looking at some of some of the uh, highlights from last year, it was a little wonky in between pitches. Now his motion, his delivery, he's really smoothed out so many yeah. things where you're looking at just the four-seam fastball, the two-seam fastball, and they're coming out from different angles, but you're still seeing a similar delivery. So, As, as uh, Vin would say back in the day, it's all elbows and kneecaps from, from somebody like Dustin May, but the elbows and kneecaps are very repeatable right now. Two starts. <laughs> In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Uh, but he looks like he's feeling really good after a healthy offseason and looking better than the guy we saw uh, when he was dominating the open. Uh, 2021 he, he had whatever you know the five good starts really four good starts and then elbow gave um this is a dude who really can make an extreme I mean, he's really had you know his name is out there he came up with a lot of hype you know we had the the ginger guard back in the day you know he was he was gonna be the guy the next big guy coming out of uh the the dodgers farm system you know could rival Walker Bueller. It says his injury happened at at a different time, and of course, you know, sixty game season kind of changed what that would have looked like for him. But I think this is the real deal. I think what we're seeing is is the real deal. Is he going to put up a point six ninety ERA for the rest of the year? No, it's going to have some bad starts in there. But if he can just be quality, consistent, I mean, I think what um, what uh, Tony Gonsolin did last year is kind of within very much within reach for D May, if not a little bit better. Um, just getting more innings and staying healthy. That's going to be the big thing for him, staying healthy. Um, it's a real deal, though. I like him. Yeah. He's a nice boy. You no, know, he, he's great. I think he's a guy that, that but. I mean, the only I, I have two concerns with him. The only concerns I have are one, the most innings he's ever pitched in a season for a regular season, yeah. 56 innings in 2020. And then we saw Tony Gonsolin when he blew past his innings count last season, he ended up getting injured. But the difference with Dustin May, he has that four seam fastball. He's not relying on a split change or anything like that. So, yeah, I think what makes him so impressive is the efficiency. I mean, he's just so efficient. And also, too, like we like you mentioned earlier, 
is the ground ball outs. I mean, when he needs a ground ball out, he can get it early in counts, he can get it later in counts, and that allows him to go deeper into games. Before, he's gone seven innings in his first start, six innings in his second start. Before that, he had gone six innings just six times yeah. in his career. career. So. The length is so impressive, and I think Dustin May, look, Dustin Mania is here. Dustin Maniacs rise. This is finally, <laughs> we're realizing that potential, and to me, I mean, come on, 96-mile-per-hour cutter? I mean, yeah. Come on now. And if he's able to land that more consistently, yeah, it was looking pretty solid, but it, he he said it wasn't his best outing uh, for sure. So if he's able to land that a bit more consistently, uh, land the breaking a bit more consistently, or I should say locate the cutter more consistently and land the breaking more consistently, you're going to see somebody that um, is definitely getting his fair share of Cy Young uh, love by the end of the season. Uh, Sonny, YouTube says, may pitch like DeGrom. Carnivorous Lunar Activities in the stream, says hello, Dodger Nation. Um, I haven't looked at Degrom's numbers. I think he's doing he's doing yeah, pretty. He one solid, bad start right? and then one good start. They pay him a yeah. lot though. It seems they, like a bad idea. I <laughs> mean, when you, 185, and then you got the the incentives. I think the thing about Dustin May though is is the spin and the movement. And like I said, I mean, his stuff moves more than a U-Haul. So I mean. <laughs> <laughs> just trying out new stuff. You're but. upsetting. You're upsetting. <laughs> Stick to the company line. Okay, right? I know you know I was playing. But no, the thing about Dustin May too is um, one thing I want to point out is if you look at his release on the two seam versus the four seam, you do see a little bit of, diff of a difference with a three quarter arm release and this and that. So I think too, will hitters adjust to that and will it? Uh, how who how will he do after a bad start? I mean, how will he continue to adjust? Because we saw last year he came out of the gates very strong in that first start against the Marlins, and then he had his issues. He had that, mm -hmm. that game where he gave the multiple home runs against the Padres. So, yeah, I think the most exciting thing for me with Dustin May is this guy, if he continues to mature, he continues to make incremental progress, he's the guy you could see carry a team in the postseason. That is how good his stuff gets. Get used to seeing Dustin May on Pitching Ninja all season long. This guy's stuff goes viral, and I think he has one of those special gifts. I mean, the way he grips it and rips it, he can do things with the pill that you just can't teach, and that's how you know a guy is special. So, yeah, it's great to see, especially coming off that Tommy John surgery, such a young emerging player back in 2021, to sit that out, and then he comes back, and then he deals with a back injury, and he doesn't even see him in the NLDS. So, yeah, I'm very excited for Dustin May and his potential. And look, the reality is, too, this rotation, they needed someone to emerge. They needed yeah. someone to take the leap. And it looks like so far he's that guy. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, throw in a pointless hot take. Uh, I, I say all-star is the floor for D-May at this point. I don't know if that's a hot take. It's more of a statement. But all-star is the floor for D-May. Anyways, that's that. That's the topics of, of sports things that we wanted to talk about there. We wanted to add one more oh, yeah. uh, just for fun because it is Masters Week and our friends over at Sports in LA, hey, we're taking from them for the first time. They usually take from us, but uh, they had posted a uh, poll on the Twitter machine that says Masters Week at Augusta National. Which Dodger would you want to play a round of golf with? The options they had, Mookie Betts, Will Smith, Clayton Kershaw, Freddie Freeman. And by the way, 12.6% said Will Smith. That would be a terror. I mean, yeah, he golfs well, but I mean, imagine golfing with Will Smith. Like, what are we, when are we talking about slope ratings? We're we gonna talk about like how many how many yards he gets out of a seven iron. Just watching this, the grass grow as you're playing. Talking about getting benched in the World Series. Like, there's not very much to be. I don't. I, I, that would be the least exciting dude to golf with. Just saying. 
You never know. You never know. Love I mean, Will Smith. He's great. So, but are you? But kind of. It's like what are you going for? Are you going for the great companion, the guy you're gonna hear great stories with? Are you going oh, with the yeah. guy you're trying to beat? To me, that would be my number one thing. Can I beat this guy? But I'm also going I'd beat with Freddy. Yeah, you think you beat Freddy? I'd beat a lot of these guys. So who would you pick? <laughs> oh, oh uh, and I agree with. Uh, well, it it was uh, Mookie Betts was number one on this poll. Um, only 650 people voted, but 37.7% said Mookie Betts. For me, it's Clayton Kershaw all day because I think when he's not on the field, when he's not pitching, when he's not at Dodger Stadium, he's just he's he's a dork. He's fun, and you can get. I mean, just think of the stories you can get out of Clayton Kershaw because this is a guy who's been a Dodger now in his 16th season. Before that, he's he's been through Vero Beach. He's got Tommy stories. He's got Vin stories. He's got Sandy Koufax stories. He's got AJ Ellis stories. He's got Josh Reddick stories for crying out. He's got this guy's got every type of of situation with the Dodgers. He's got jumping in the pool in Arizona. That's just a fun time. And knowing that he's a good time, he doesn't take himself extremely seriously on the golf course. Doesn't necessarily consider himself a golfer. Uh, that just adds to the fun. But for me, hands down. Clayton Edward Kershaw. Plus, you get to say, hey, I'm golfing with a Hall of Famer. Fair enough. Yeah. Did I sell you on this one? You Absolutely. In? I mean, you I want to be the third. I was going to say <laughs> Kershaw, <laughs> too, but I'll switch it up. I mean, oh yeah, exactly. I mean, I think just to, to your point, I look at it as if someone 80, 90, 100 years from now asked me, who'd you go golfing with? That's going to be the best story because he was the best player of the bunch. He's the most iconic and legendary player. And two, yeah, Clayton Kershaw, when he's not on the mound, he could be a fun guy. You see him at the ping pong, tur ping pong tournaments. But yeah, I also All too, doing overdone golf attire. Woo! Yeah, no, he'd be pretty good with it. No question about it. But I think for me, I want to show off of the golf course. I want people to respect me. I want people to think, all right, man, I'm golfing with some real legit golfers. So you know what I'm going with? I'm going with Ryan Pepio. I'm going with the man who has the Pepio in his Stepio, and Jesus. he's the guy who had a hole in one. He's the That's guy cool. you talk about the fun. He's got the Sunday swagger gear yeah. with all the fun polos, and he's a fun guy too. A lot of diverse interests. I mean, he was, he said his dream golf force, and the one guy he'd pick was Happy Gilmore, one of my favorite movies. That's a good answer. So yeah, he would be one. Uh, I think Freddie Freeman has already proven he's a good caddy too. Of course, he's Mookie's caddy when they did the dress up <laughs> day. So yeah, there's that. I think he'd be pretty fun too. But yeah, I think it'd be tough. I mean, in my heart of hearts, if I had to answer that question 100% honestly, how could you go with anyone other than Clayton Edward Kershaw? I mean. Like yeah. I said, he's the one guy in that clubhouse who, even me, trying to be Mr. Objective, big J journalist, professional, I'm like, hey, man, could you autograph this ball and give me a selfie? You know what I mean? Yeah, he's like yeah, the yeah. one guy. Yeah, hey, Gershaw. And also, too, I've been trying to get him to interview and talk to me, and it's it's difficult. <laughs> talk to you. I love that. He doesn't, <laughs> that, yeah. is, that is me. So if I get that, I'm going to be like, all right, recording, let's go live. Yeah. Hey, Kershaw, Kershaw we, baseball movie. We challenge you <laughs> to three holes at Brookside. It's close enough. Have a good time. Your treat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think he's, I think you can afford it. All right. Who's the most famous guy on your phone, Kirsch? Uh, Andrew Friedman. You got something? Oh, I know. I saw. We got we got something special here. And guys, before we get out of here, we want to know who you'd want to golf with. So drop into the chat. But what do you got? We we switched producers mid show because Cody had to leave. But DJ producer, <laughs> Mr. That Fool Noel. Yes, sir. Yes, what do sir. you got? What do you got? Uh, shout out Diane Schroeder. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. She said, you guys look pretty thirsty for the beer tip jar. So she's giving well, us some money you. for a little drink. Awesome. Appreciate that. We do need to replenish the beer supply here. Oh, oh wow. He had a floor CZ. Let's go. I forgot to grab beverage. We need a couple interns. shots of tequila in here. So. 
<laughs> you don't got a lot of kick it, bro. Not even slightly. Um, let's see. Let's see if we got anything. Terry Terry Gates on uh, YouTube said Freddie. They would want to golf with Freddie. Roy says Clinton D-Mac driving the beer cart. Oh, dude, you know what we need to do, but not really because I've done that a lot in my life, is uh, do the uh, the golf ball pickup dudes on the driving range, be in that, be in the cart together. Oh, my God, it'd be so much fun. I think you would be ter- just absolutely terrified of, of people just wailing on you with their balls, if you will. Yeah, I'd be pretty, I'd definitely wearing like a football helmet with a visor or something like that. I got completely, nope. I did that a lot as a youth, and I got completely desensitized to like, you know, sudden <laughs> yeah, sounds. Freak out, yeah. Oh, yeah, you get freaked out easy. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I'm pretty jumpy. You remember her driving back from Arizona? Like, I, I do, I think I coughed, and he's like, he gets real freaky deaky over here. But be, it, it would be, it would be pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. To, to match up with one of some of those guys and just, uh, Maybe a JT's golf course, JT's golf tournament next he year. We can make it, it happen. <laughs> Sean says it. we need uh, Clinton D Mac bobbleheads. Wow, that'd be pretty cool. Do we do we have do we know any bobblehead people? Right there, use those little characters from, touch uh, from our friend uh, Cooper Neal. Are the Dodgers going to win today? All signs point to Doug. Uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, I think Jay Dillow once says that Kershaw's gonna be wearing the Skechers golf shoes. Those oh, will be fire. I, I wear I I wear Skechers golf shoes. They're extremely comfortable. You know what's great about them? You could like you could be in in like three inches of water, and your socks stay dry. That's clutch. That's some clutch stuff right there. You would need something like I that because you're gonna be you know. That's why I want to golf. To be place. honest, I can wear those Jordan Four golf shoes. Been, Those would be fire. Been known to golf here and there. Uh, let's see. Let's see. <laughs> no, this is D-Mac doesn't sleep because we're talking about uh, you're, uh, you're burning. Apparently, you're burning the midnight oil, as the, as the people are saying on here. Um, yeah. D- oh, yeah. DKM says, D-Mac, Clint, can you guys golf? Uh, we've golfed before. Check it out. It's somewhere on the YouTube channel. We did the Dodger Stadium Top Golf Challenge, and somebody won. Definitely, somebody won. You have to tune in, though. You have to watch it. But I will give you your out. credit, though, because I definitely got lucky that day for sure. On the well, closest, I just gave it away. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I gave it. Spoiler alert. Got that's the one we lost the subscriber. Remember? Oh yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I did get lucky that day. But when we were at spring training, this guy was a monster at Top Golf. Oh, I mean, I crushed I'm y'all. pretty sure he broke the scoring machine. It was like insane. But yeah. Well, as soon as I learned you get points for hitting it off the back fence, it was game over. Like it just kept giving me like triple points for that. Come on. What do you think is harder, golf or baseball? Oh, baseball is the hardest sport. Like, what, what is it? There's nothing harder than hitting a round ball with a round bat squarely. That's true. <laughs> but in golf, you have to play your foul balls. Anyways, this is an exciting. Yeah, that's fair. This is an exciting end of the show, guys. You know we were talking about golf for sure. Uh, shout out Tiger Woods. Shout out Bruce, uh, Bruce Kepka, as as Doug Doug calls him. Uh, looking forward to some Masters this weekend. Uh, I got to go home and take care of some flooring. But guys, thank you for tuning in, uh, hanging out with us as you always do. Um, we still somehow went about an hour, so we find a way to it's make a these shows. Show, it's, my good, it's some good stuff in there. If you guys I like Dodger it. Talk, there's some good stuff in there. Five times um, find us on the internet. We are at DodgersNation.com. I already talked about it in the little promo, which apparently was a little too monotone for some folks, so I'll have to redo that, and I'll be right. like, hey, what's going on, guys? If you like <laughs> the Dodgers, you're going to love this. Boy, oh, oh, oh. Zany uh, like, Clint. I like Zany Clint. Like, what you, I mean, how are you supposed to make r- reading an ad read? Hey, like, you guys exciting? enjoy the dulcet tones of Mr. Pasillas, okay? Mm-hmm. 
Meow, meow, meow. We are a podcast. Uh, look up Dodgers Nation Blue Heaven podcast on anywhere your podcasts live, and uh, you'll find us there most likely. Hit post game show is going to be on there. All that kind of stuff. Subscribe on our YouTube channel. It's a great way to also support us. We're trying to get to 100 billion subscribers, but we'll settle with 100,000 by um, I don't know the end of the year. It would be pretty cool. We're at like 60 some odd by uh, Easter. By the middle of next uh, Easter? next Easter. I don't know. Uh, but while you're on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave a like, comment on, comment on every single video. It helps out the algorithm. I am real FRG on Twitter, and Instagram. That guy right. There is DMAC underscore LA on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for all the comments. Thank you for all the questions. Follow us at Dodgers Nation on Twitter and Instagram for all the best things that uh, we think we can do in that particular day. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next week. Bye. So now you have the button, so you have to push outro. There's a, on, on, on the thing. It's on the bottom left. Uh, sorry, we switched producers. This is his first time doing this. No, no, on, on the little black uh, uh, box next to your right hand. Think blue. Now, no, Three no, blue. no, too far. Oh. And we're still <laughs> live. Yeah? <laughs> we are still live. Okay, bye. Give me those score predictions for tonight's game. Who you guys got? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.